Hi, and welcome back to another edition of Retiring Right. I am your host for Retiring Right, Jeff Sedlitz, president of Family Tree Financial Group, located in Northeast Florida, Jacksonville, St. Augustine area, serving the entire nation. Uh, I'm glad you're joining us. And if you're a repeat listener, I'm glad you're back. Welcome back. And uh, today we're just going to dive right in. I want to talk about what else? Retirement. But more specifically, I'm going to start off with just something that I've talked about before, my, my philosophy about retirement. And really, to me, retirement is not something you have to do. It's something you get to do if you want to do and you have planned to do. Uh, there are too many people that I've talked to over the years as well. I don't ever see myself retiring. I don't, you know, I don't see that happening. Well, it's not because they don't want to. Majority of them, it's it's because they don't have a plan to. So they don't see it as a reality. So what do they do? They rationalize and say, oh, I'll never retire. I, I, I want to work forever. I'm going to work till I die. Or I'm going to work. I, I'd go crazy if I stayed home. I, I need something to do. Well, again, I, I've said this before as well. I mean, if you have enough time and enough money, you could probably find other things you would rather do than, you know, show up to a J-O-B. Whether you own the company or not, it's it's a J-O-B, which is an abbreviation for just over broke in a lot of cases, right? It's, uh, you know, you get a paycheck, it goes to bills, and you live as good as you can on that paycheck Uh you know, if you're making 30000 and you live in a certain uh, type of lifestyle, or if you're making 100000 and you're living a certain type of lifestyle, usually, it doesn't matter what we make. We live as nicely as we can afford to on the income that we have coming in. That's, that's very common. So I want to talk today a little bit about a couple of things that I don't think most people have uh, thought about. And we're probably going to break this up. I have a feeling because this is kind of a deep, detailed conversation. So this may be a two-segment situation. Either that or I'm just going to go a a long time. We'll see. But uh, as we talk about income and retirement, there are two main factors that we, amongst others, but there are two very important factors that we want to consider. We want to consider growth as we're saving and investing, we want to consider the growth element so that we can grow and protect our retirement funds. But the other element that I want to introduce today is one that I don't think most people consider and that's taxes. So just like the growth of your retirement funds uh, can be a critical component to your overall retirement and, and income in retirement, you have to be that mindful or equally mindful of taxes and what role they'll play in your retirement as well. So, you know, I want to just kind of put that out there on the table and and I'll give you a, for instance, and I know this works better uh, if, if we were face to face and I can offer you visual uh, evidence of this, but uh, try to follow me this way. I'm going to give you a hypothetical example. Let's say we have a 64-year-old individual that wants to retire next year at 65. And let's say they have a million dollars in their IRA. And starting at 65, they'd like to, again, retire and now start drawing out of that IRA that they've been funding for all these years. And they want to receive that money 
from 65 all the way to age 100. And again, remember what we're going to be illustrating here. I want to talk about the the importance of the growth component and the taxes component. We're going to talk about both of them. So let's assume that this person with the million dollar IRA, uh, the way that their portfolio is, is being balanced at the moment for conservative reasons, because they're entering into retirement, we're at a 50-50 portfolio. 50% going to equities, 50% going to fixed accounts. And we'll say that the equities portion is earning 8% or the ex expectation is that it'll earn 8%. And the fixed accounts, let's say they're around 2 2.5%. Uh, we'll assume that this person's effective tax rate is, is 20%. And we're going to give them an annual income of 50000 from that million-dollar IRA that they have. Okay? And the idea is, and, and for those of you that are familiar with the 4% rule, it's, and for those of you that aren't, Let's touch on that with the 4% rule is saying that uh, if you have a retirement account, a, a savings uh, account, a brokerage account that you want to use in retirement for income purposes, that you should be able to withdraw 4% a year without fear of running out of money or without a lot of fear of running out of money. Now, it used to be 6%. It's been 4% for many, many, many years, but recently... Uh, a couple of years now uh, that I've been talking about this, we've been talking about a 3% rule. I've heard a 2.85% rule uh, because we're living longer and things cost more. So we need more per year and we need it for many more years than in generations past, right? If we think back to our parents or grandparents' generation, depending on how old you are as a listener, uh, it used to be that they retired at 65. They got the gold watch. They had a party. They collected a pension and Social Security, so they didn't need to worry about money. But they also only lived to about 72. So life expectancy wasn't so great. They didn't need the money that they were getting for a very long time. Well, today that's not the case. It's realistic that you'll live to 90, 95. Even 100 is not so uncommon anymore. So we have to be prepared for that. So we're not going to use the 3%. We're not going to use the 4%. We're going with the 5%. We're going to give this person a $50,000 income. But remember, the expectation is we're going to have growth in our equities investments at 8%. So what I want to point out is what if that's not the case? Because we don't have control, very much control over how the performance of our investments goes. So let's say it's uh, only a 5% return. Well, that's going to change the income from 50000 to 42000 It's a dramatic decrease in income, right? So that's one side of the coin. If the growth doesn't measure up, we're going to be at a loss income-wise. On the flip side, what if taxes change? We're assuming a 20% tax uh, rate. Again, not something we have much control over. So what if the tax rate increases, which we know there's a good likelihood that that'll, ha that'll happen, that'll occur. So let's say the growth is there, but taxes go up to 30%. Well, that 50,000 now becomes 43. So in either case, if growth is affected or if taxes are affected, our income drops significantly. 
So we have to, again, be mindful of this. We have to understand how these forces can impact your retirement and, and really how we approach retirement planning. And we have to discuss strategies to potentially reduce these risks. So, you know, we want to talk about a lot of that. Let's start with market risk, right? We don't have a lot of control again over the performance uh, for growth in these retirement accounts. <clears throat> if we look at the performance of S&P 500, let's say, we can see how that can affect our retirement account. You know, it has ups and downs and ups and downs. And I, you know, I always like to educate people on something that I think is less obvious to the masses. Uh, so follow me along with this exercise. Uh, if we have $100,000 in our retirement account and year one, we lose 50%. We have a bad, bad, bad year. And we lose 50%. We went from 100,000 all the way down to 50,000 because we lost 50%. Year two, what if we gain, we rebound and we gain 50%? So year one, we dropped 50%. We went to 50,000. Year two, we gained 50%. What's our new balance? Well, the answer, if you said 100,000, if you said, well, we're, we're back to where we started. We lost 50, we gained 50, we're back to 100. Well, that's not how it works. Right, we lost fifty percent, and it, uh, that made our new balance fifty thousand. But when we gained fifty percent, that fifty percent is based on the fifty thousand that we had as our new balance, and fifty percent of fifty thousand is twenty-five thousand. So our new balance becomes seventy-five thousand. So when we suffer a loss, it takes us longer, and we need more gains to get back to zero, to get back to even. So that's, again, something you have to be aware of. When we look at all the ups and downs over the last 20 years from 2000 to 2020 that the S&P 500 has had, and we've had some amazing years, especially if you look at the last 10 or so, we've had some amazing years. Uh, years with, you know, over 30% gain, almost 18% gain, uh, you know, some really big numbers. But we've also had many years prior to that where we had significant losses. The area of time surrounding the dot-com bubble burst, 2000, 2001, 2002, those accounts went down uh, in, in and around the 40% area. That's a lot of loss to recover from. Because now again, remember, it takes longer to get back to even when you have a significant loss. Then we just went through it again in 2008, 9, and 10 when we had the uh, economic crisis. So we have to be mindful of that and how the growth affects us. Uh, the average rate of return over that time period was only 6.61%. You know, and that's, that's taken into account all those great years we had. But we, again, we also had some very negative years that we had to make up for. So what, what's the alternative? What do you do? You know, some people, especially approaching retirement, we don't want to assume all that risk. We don't want to have all that exposure to loss. So we go with safe alternatives, right? Sometimes we go with CDs and money markets and things that are, are safer. Uh, we can't lose money, but we're also not going to gain a lot of money, right? We're going to have a very, very low, especially in today's economic environment. Uh, this interest rate environment that we're living in today, it's, it's very, 
very uh, low. You know, you might be looking at 10, uh, 0.10% interest. You might be looking at 0.20% interest. And, and then the beauty of it all, you're getting next to no interest, but then you get 1099 at the end of the year. And you have to claim that interest as income as well. So, you know, that's, it's not a great solution because not only are you not getting anything for your dollar, but you're losing money because of cost of living increases, inflation and so on. So we're, we're coming out behind in all of that. So, and when we don't see the rates changing anytime soon, the Fed last year announced that they plan on keeping low levels, uh, interest rate for, for years to come. So we have what we call the saver's dilemma, right? How do you get what you need in terms of growth? Uh, do you assume this higher risk to hopefully have more potential for growth or do you take the safer route, the lower risk and settle for lower growth? Or do you have some sort of balance again, 50-50, 60-40, whatever it may be? Uh, you know, there's this whole balance of risk and reward that we have to be, again, aware of. So, the, you know, that's the market risk. <clears throat> As I mentioned a, a little bit ago, it's equally important factor. We have to consider uh, <clears throat> tax risk. Excuse me. So a question a lot of people have on their mind is, you know, where are taxes going? Are they going up? Are they going down? They're going to stay the same. What are we in store for? And... You know, the, the reality is that in a handful of years, uh, about four years from now, the tax plan that we're in now will be sunsetting and the new tax plan and new rates will be introduced and they are going way up. So, you know, that's, that's an area for alarm, not just concern, but alarm. <clears throat> As we talk about taxes, uh, what are some things that people do? One of the things, obviously, that a lot of people do, a lot of Americans do, is they defer taxes, right? Uh, they'll participate in a, in a 401k or an IRA, uh, one of these traditional retirement accounts that says, well, hey, you know what? You're in your working years. You're making money. You're in a higher tax bracket. Why don't you defer taxes? You know, you can have this tax-deferred account. And if you're making 50,000 and you put 10% in 5,000, now you're only, uh, your taxable income drops to 45,000 for the year. But our family member, our uncle, uncle Sam, he still wants his money. And instead of putting his one hand out each year to collect that, he's going to wait 20, 30, 40 years until you're ready to retire. And now he's going to put both hands out. And those both hands are probably holding a bucket because there's going to be a lot more tax due at that time. You know, it goes back to the old uh, comparison. Would you rather pay tax if you were a farmer? Would you rather pay tax on a seed or on your harvest? And if you can picture that in your mind, obviously we'd rather pay the tax on the little itty bitty seed than on the great big harvest. And isn't that contradictory to what we're doing here with our 401k and traditional IRA accounts? We're taking our little bitty seed, our weekly or bi-weekly contribution into our account, our monthly contribution or what have you. And we're saying, hey, you know what? I'm not going to pay tax on that now. I'll, I'll wait and we'll pay on the whole thing later on. 
Uh, and again, the idea, the way it's sold to you, you know, you probably worked somewhere where they gave you a sheet of paper, uh, human resources handing you this paper and said, here, fill this out. This will uh, help you enroll into our four company's 401k. And so while you're in your working years, you could defer taxes. And later when you retire, you're being a lower tax bracket, pay taxes then. So instead of 15 or 20% tax bracket now, or 25% tax bracket now, maybe you'll be in a 10 or 15 later, and you'll save all of that tax rate. Well, as we said, tax rates are going up, so you may not save there anyway, but you're paying on the whole thing later, not on the little bit, but the whole thing. So again, the math is what the math is, and uh, sometimes people are short-sighted in that. So things can affect your tax rate. Uh, let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, sometimes it's, yeah, like I said, the government's going to change the tax rate in a couple of years anyway. But other things can occur, right? We can have situational things that affect our tax rate. We could uh, earn more money. That's going to change our tax rate. We could change our status, our filing status from from married to single or, or vice versa. And that, that changes our tax rate as well. So again, things we need to be aware of, conscious of, mindful of. And, you know, if you look back again, I, I always point to the past to, to talk about the present and the future. When you think about the past and, and the, again, I, I talk about my parents, my grandparents' generation, they were savers and they were savers in part because they came from this depression generation and they had fear of being without, fear of going without, fear of losing what they had. And so they would stockpile things. They would, you know, the pantries were full with canned goods. They, they cut coupons and so on. And in retirement, things changed. In retirement, they vacationed less in, in a lot of cases. And in, in retirement, maybe they uh, went out to eat less. And when they did go out to eat, they went at off time so that it was a little bit less expensive, right? The you know, blue plate specials. And uh, sometimes maybe they wouldn't order a soft drink. They would order water with lemon and sweeten it with sweetener on the table. And little things to make their dollars stretch and last uh, were the norm. And that's for that generation and that generation's mindset. The current generation, however, doesn't have the same mindset. They're very immediate in their need for gratification, right? It's one thing for that prior generation, again, to talk about going to the supermarket and picking up maybe not the name brand coffee, but the store brand coffee. So instead of, for example, $10 a can, it's $7 a can, let's say, just for example. Well, that's $3 savings. That's big. Um, but also that can of coffee is going to last them a month or two months or however long it, it's going to take them. Where the immediate generation, the current generation, they're going to Starbucks on the way into work five days a week and spending whatever it is, four, five, six dollars for one cup of coffee instead of seven dollars for a can that will feed you for a length of time. So, you know, again, there, there are differences in, in spending habits, saving habits, but this immediate gratification versus delayed directly relates back to what I just talked about with the 401k and the willingness to forego paying taxes today 
which is a micro approach to taxes, right? The goal is to reduce taxes this year. And what our job is a financial resource to our clients, what I try to do for all of our listeners is to offer more of a macro approach uh, where the goal is to reduce taxes, not just this year, but over our lifetime. So we have to look beyond the immediate. We have to look beyond today, tomorrow, this week, this month, this year, but we have to look toward our entire lifetime in retirement. And we have strategies to enforce that and reinforce that and and enable people to do that successfully. Uh, One way we like to help our clients at Family Tree Financial Group we do an analysis, but it's free of charge. It's it's very simple. We plug uh, information into our software, and this analysis shows them exactly what they might be looking at uh, in in terms of taxes and retirement. And that's a big deal because again, it plays a huge part in our overall income in retirement. So, I'll give you just another hypothetical if you could follow along. Uh, let's say we have a forty-five-year-old this time who's saving for this retirement and he's in a 25% tax bracket. He's saving $10,000 a year into an IRA. And we'll say that that IRA is growing at 7%. A lot of information, but this is what I'm using for the example. So he's 45 plans on retiring in 20 years at 65 and at 65, it's going to turn on the water faucet so that money can pour out and use that money uh, in retirement. 65 to 95. Well, by having this IRA, he's deferring taxes. This traditional IRA is allowing him to defer taxes. And what it's going to save him over these 20 years that he's contributing is a total of $50,000. And that was in a year, 20 years, 25% tax liability. That's what it's going to save him, 50000 But when he goes to receive that money, withdraw that money, use that money in retirement from 65 to 95, his tax bill will now become $247,776. He's traded $50,000 of immediate savings for 250,000 round numbers of future uh, tax that he has to pay. That is, to me, ludicrous. I would much rather pay 50000 than 250000 any day of the week. But people don't know what they don't know. And I want to make sure that our listeners know this is what's in store for you if you don't have a different plan. If this is the plan you're on, having an, a traditional IRA, having a 401k, having any qualified taxable account, Yes, you are deferring taxes. They're called tax-deferred accounts for a reason. They're not called tax-eliminated accounts. Tax-deferred accounts because, again, we're going to pay taxes. We're just deferring it. We're going to pay them. Pay that later. So, again, that's, that's a huge difference. And I think I'm going to do what I said. And we're going to have one more uh, bullet point that I want to cover with you. Uh, as far as taxes go. And that's this overall legislative uh, risk that we that we suffer, right? The government can add new taxes at any time. 
the government can change existing taxes at any time. They could change the tax rates anytime. They could change our deductions at any time and say things we used to be able to deduct, we can no longer deduct. Or things that we used to be able to deduct up to a certain level, now we can only deduct 50% of that. That's not up to us. That's up to the government. So those are some things that we that are not within our control. So if we're playing the retirement game and we're playing it under the government's rules as far as taxation go, then uh, we're going to lose. So we offer alternative solutions. And instead of having a tax deferred retirement, we introduce the concept of having a tax free retirement to our people. And that is a possibility. So uh, I'm running out of time. I do want to end here, but I hope you got something good out of today. I hope it left you maybe even interested in learning a little bit more about uh, what do we do with the tax-free retirement side. Feel free to reach out uh, at any time. Family Tree Financial Group, uh, we're here to help you. Uh, We're here for advice. We're here for coaching. We're here for information. We're here for support. And we're here as a resource to help you with any of these uh, ideas that we bring to the table. Again, hope you got a lot out of today, and uh, it's good to be back. Uh, We've been uh, off for a little while, and uh, it's, again, good to be back with you and sharing with you, enlightening you, wishing you a great day. We'll talk soon, and here's to retiring right.